details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my Helm of Disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus-five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Finally, a guy in broadcasting that represents the very average side of us all. The following broadcast is in the hands of a college-educated, barely-employed guy that does a podcast for an audience of fewer people than Paris Hilton has brain cells. It's hard to imagine that he's perpetually single. Now, from the middle of desert Urbania, this is Michael Graff in Exile. I've been doing this? Oh, yeah, forever. All right, let's see. Remember, um, make sure the microphone is in program when you want to talk. That's... Board Hopping 101 brought to you by me. All right, welcome in. Another edition of Michael Groff in Exile. He tries to say is underway. Live and worldwide. Well, live to tape anyway. It's live when I'm doing it. It is. Well, I'm so. I'm. I'm so used to. I, I was just talking about this a minute ago. I'm recording this at the exact time where I would have normally been doing the live shows in years past. This is like literally the exact, almost the exact start time of the show. Um, so uh, you know, I, I, in a way, it almost. It's almost nostalgic. It almost feels like I'm. I'm back to the old live show days and. But yet. But yet I'm not. It's so sad. Anyway, here we go. Uh, live and worldwide, sort of, in our matter of speaking. It's Michael Groff in exile. It is Friday, thank God, May the 28th, 2010. It is very hot in this studio, and uh, I don't know what else to tell you. I've got the AC cranked all the way down to freeze your nuts off. That's actually the setting. Many people don't believe me, but when you actually see the air there, it goes like, you know, 76, 74, 72, 70, and then it goes all the way down. And uh, at the bottom, it's freeze your nuts. Anyway, uh, Mike at KMGX.com, our email address. It is Mike at KMGX.com. That is also our PayPal address for your most generous contributions to this program. EFNet, IRC, Net Radio, the channel. You can always join us over there. And, of course, AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name Michael Graff Show. All of our other exciting Michael Graff needs are taken care of at michaelgroff.com.
That's me on the keyboard. All right, anyway, I'm in a weird mood. I'm sorry. All right, joining us again for yet another exciting uh, journey into broadcast excellence, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, James is here. Let me make sure. There you are. Hi. Hi. I told you. I wasn't wasn't lying. You love me. Of course we do. Gotta love that intro. Yes. Um, let's see here. I am looking at... Uh, I'm distracted because I just saw... You know, they have these live cams of the, of the oil spill in the Gulf. And uh, I was just looking at this... It's, it's actually very depressing. Hey, you know, I didn't play this for you the other day. I'm a sort of dereliction of duty on my part. I didn't play this audio of James Carville, uh, the uh, former part of the Clinton administration. He is, of course, he's a, uh, he's a New Orleans resident. He's very outraged about what's going on down there. And he's outraged at the Obama administration. He can't believe there was slow response time, and that's been the knack. Now, Obama held a big news conference yesterday. We haven't yet talked about it. And, of course, I'll mention that in just a few minutes. We'll get into that in more detail. But um, I, so I have to play you this James Carville audio. But the, the, the Obama people were out yesterday in full effect trying to let you know that they've been on this since day one and everything is, uh, everything is under control. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And, uh, and that was really the message that they were trying to get across yesterday. But, of course, most people, most Americans know that that's just a bunch of crap. Uh, that's, pay no attention to the extreme disaster. Yeah, yeah. Pay no attention to the tar balls. Pay no attention to the fact that the the uh, look away from the train wreck, people. Nothing the, to see here. The Gulf of Mexico has been turned into the La Brea tar pits, and uh, yeah. it, it's it's pretty uh, it's it's pretty disastrous. And uh, we'll we'll talk about this in more detail as because as you know, uh, when it comes to this show, there's news, which is you know. What everybody thinks is news. There's what Fox News tells you is news. There's what CNN or your local newspaper, your local rag, your local radio station. There's what everybody else thinks is news. And that's all irrelevant because all that matters is what I think is news. People are idiots. Everyone has their own definition of what's newsworthy. The feeling most people get when they hear a Barack Obama speech, my, I felt this thrill going up my leg. I mean, well, I don't have that too often. I guess some people shouldn't be gatekeepers of the news. <laughs> but lucky for you, the decisions are now in the capable hands of this guy. Wow! It's time now for Michael Groff's seven most salient, salacious, and stimulating storylines of the day. All right, I always forget how much that yell blows out my ears. Uh, my own sounds hurt me. They hurt me very, very badly. Number seven. All right, the NBA playoffs last night, game five of the Western Conference Finals. Lakers 103, Phoenix Suns 101. Ugh. Suns got down 18 in the second half of this game. Came all the way back. A flurry of threes at the end by the Suns. Jason Richardson banks one off the window. When I played, when we would play horse, we'd call that. We'd go, I'd be like, glass. Off the, I'd stand, I'd stand like 35 feet out. Off the glass, in. And then I'd do it. That was the only thing I was good at was like, was threes. 
Anyway, um, disappointing to say the least. But listen, uh, when you don't rebound, um, when you miss free throws, and that was really the big deal. When you miss free throws, I mean, what do you expect? Unfortunately, sanctimonious, self-aggrandizing, self-righteous sports media is saying, see, I told you so, the Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers. And it's... It's another slob the knob fest for the Lakers by the self-aggrandizing sanctimonious sports media. Wow. Uh, game six tomorrow in Phoenix at USAC at the U.S. Airways Center. 5.30. That's where I'll be. Well, I won't be down there because, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big ball of shot caller. I don't have enough pull to get tickets. Last playoff game I was at was several years ago, unfortunately. But, you know, I'd like to be there, so if somebody wants to, you know, donate some tickets. Uh, just saying. Very grateful. Uh, game six, Celtics Magic tonight. And I'll, I'll make this prediction right now. If the Magic win this game, they will win game seven. The Celtics will be done, and that will be two of the biggest meltdowns in sports history in Boston in a matter of three weeks of each other. Boston fan... Might be time to start gripping. I'm just saying. Six feet length of rope. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been all fun and games up to this point, but you guys, you have a serious problem in Beantown right about now. All right, anyway, whatever. Number six. All right, tomorrow's the big march. 50,000 people set to march uh, through the streets of Phoenix protesting SB 1070, the law which will take effect here uh, against illegal immigration, our crackdown on illegal immigration, making it a state crime to be in the state illegally, which it should have been already, which it kind of was, because there's already an existing federal law. But anyway, that will all be taking place tomorrow. I'm going to label all 50,000 as suicide considering the temperature in Phoenix. Well, there will be that. But, um... I would say that if you are, if, uh, what I want to know is, and they all say, uh, we're not going to be carrying any ID. We're going to be marching through the streets. What a great time for the sheriff's posse to round them up. That would be perfect. (laughs) I mean, is there a better target right there? That's just like when they were protesting and blocking all the businesses a couple of years ago on May Day. Uh, we should have had a bunch of uh, sheriff's posses down there to round them up. Of course, you know, doing that, there'd no doubt be a public outcry. Hey, it's one man's suggestion. What can I tell you? Number five. All right, Gary Coleman, dead at the age of 42, suffered a brain hemorrhage. <laughs> now he's saying, what you talking about, St. Peter? <laughs> Maybe. Number four. A California college is offering scholarships to illegals. Yeah, more encouragement, more encouragement for the illegals, right? Well, uh, th- I guess this is part of uh, Obama's Dream Act. I mean, why not? If you're here in this country illegally, why not just why not give scholarships? No, we don't want to give scholarships to Americans. We don't want to give scholarships to people that have upheld the law. We want to give scholarships to people that shouldn't be here in the first place. That sounds like a great idea. That's the America I've grown to love. Number three. 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 A Michigan legislator wants journalists to be licensed. 
before I just reasonable. Yeah, before I just hit the sounder for number two and just let that stand as it is. I just I mean because as we all know, um, whenever you license anybody, it automatically makes them more credible. He says that the lack of credibility in journalism uh, is frightening and that uh, they should have to be licensed. They should have to pass some kind of rigorous screening. Oh, you oh, you mean like uh, how our drivers in this country have to be licensed and how pilots have to be licensed? And yet, well, and yet Mike, they, they show get, up drunk. Uh, Rush Limbaugh off the air, are you complaining? Yeah, but Rush Limbaugh is not a journalist. Rush Limbaugh is a talk show host. Oh. <laughs> Journalists you hate. Whatever. Well, whatever. Number two. Two. Besides, I don't want Rush Limbaugh off the air. Who else am I? I mean, it's one less target for me to critique. Oh, don't ask. Well. Don't tell. Repealed. Well, hey, kinda. Hey. Kinda, sorta. We'll talk about it. It's actually very complicated, but it looks like looks like there weren't enough bigots to keep don't ask, don't tell. Um, from uh, still being enacted. I'm sorry. If you don't want gays to serve in the military, what else can I call you? I don't want them fags. I don't, I don't need no fags looking at my ass while I'm trying to pick off some towel head over there in Iraq. I'll tell you what right now, boy. Yeah, because that's what they're doing. I, I, almost, I almost heard somebody make that argument. They didn't use the word towel head. And <laughs> they didn't say fag, but... Pretty much, that was the art. Well, you know, somebody's got to tell you right now. That I don't know why uh, it sounds like Fred Sanford is, is advocating. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, uh, you know, it's it's a situation where, it, you know, I, I don't understand why it's, it's a big deal and why it was ever enacted in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? A bluegrass tune. Well, this yeah, would this would you know this is the Sanford and Son theme, so you know it's. I think it fits. Whatever. Anyway, um, I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm glad. Again, it's complex. We'll have to get into it. Number one. number one. And, of course, what else would be number one? But, again, the Obama people and everybody else trying to spin this oil spill deal. This is, there's now chilling accounts of what went on on the Deepwater Horizon, which was the oil platform that exploded, went down. Uh, it, it was, it was, it was terrible. I, if you read these accounts, it almost brings a tear to your eye. It's, it's bad stuff. And it's, it's scary. Like watching a puppy get beaten up. It's so terrible, yet you can't look away. Have you read Have you read some of these accounts? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, actually, um, we um, what happened was uh, we watch uh, CNN student news in uh, geography class, and they did a brief cover of that. It, I, I saw some picture. I saw a video clip of it. It looked awful. I mean, it, it literally it looked like a tar pit. I mean, you were right on. Yeah, it's like it's like the La Brea tar pits. I mean, that's what they've turned the Gulf of Mexico uh, into. But we're talking millions of gallons. Uh, many scientists say that ecologically speaking, this is far worse than the Exxon Valdez, which is what we've had. It's, it's the closest comparison we've had. The uh, the sad thing is, um, there was a uh, animal. There were a couple animals they saw, um, and, and there was one alive as they approached it, but it died upon approach. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a shark. 
Well, uh, and again, the ecosystem, that's the thing that is going to be studied by scientists for a long time is what happens to the ecosystem down there. And it's going to be a, it's going to be sad. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's. Um, I keep looking over. I'm watching this. Uh, I'm watching this cam of, uh, of the golf. It's it's terrible, man. All right. Well, anyway, that's just um, that's just some of the stuff that's on my radar for this Friday, May 28, 2010. Who needs billion dollar cable news when you've got Michael Graff? The spin here uh, from the Obama people is that they've been on this since day one. That was what Janet Napolitano said. That's what everybody has come out and said. And it's not really true. I have to play this for you because I didn't play this the other night. And this is, um, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a long clip. We've got a couple of these uh, audio bites I want to get to tonight. This first one, though, um, is, this is James Carville, uh, formerly of the Clinton administration. And now he, um, he was on, I think this is from, I, I'm, I think this is from Fox News. I, I only pulled this a couple of days ago. I can't remember. But I think this was from Fox News. And he's there with a uh, with a former uh, pollster, I think, for the Bush administration or something like that. Anyway, what you're going to hear, though, is mostly James Carville talking about this situation. And he lives down in the belly of the beast, so to speak. He lives down there in New Orleans. And he is seeing firsthand. Yeah, he... He's a resident. He, he, you know, he's a resident of New Orleans. So he is seeing firsthand what this is all about. And he's pretty astonished at, at the way the government has botched this and the way BP has screwed this up. He's, he's, uh, he's just, uh, I believe they said it's only 12 miles from shore now. Yeah, he's just, well, and some of this is washed up on shore. Oh boy! Yeah, and and there's tar balls, around, and, and you know, again, this. It, well, I was this, talking about you know, like the main spill, you know, like the really heavy stuff that's all over the place. Right. This is this is James Carville. Uh, this is from a couple of days ago. Man, I, I hope so, Josh, because the, the political stupidity at S is just unbelievable. Here you have a situation where you have some, some working, 11 working, hardworking people blown up as, as a result of corporate malfeasance and maybe criminal negligence, as a result of inept bureaucrats who were part of the, you could even actually blame the previous administration for this, and, and the president doesn't get down here in the middle of this. This thing should be, his, his approval rating should be up seven points right now if he'd have come down in. I have no idea of why they didn't seize this thing. I have no idea of why they, they, their, their attitude was so hands-offy here. It, it's just unbelievable. Well, now, I, I, hope he, I hope he sees it now because th this is very seldom you get something that's really good politics and, and really the right thing to do. Well, the and that is to get involved here. The president is going down on Friday. He's announcing these tighter new regulations on Thursday. Matthew Dowd, uh, you lived through Katrina. Uh, with with President Bush, what we are seeing now with President Obama for the first time on this issue, a majority disapprove of how he's handling it. But do you see this posing a Katrina-like threat, political threat to President Obama? Well, I think this this incident that happened, this obviously environmental disaster happened, is another example to the American public that they can't trust big corporations and they can't trust big government to protect them. And I think ultimately it's going to be a real political problem. It hasn't affected his numbers yet, but James is right. In a disaster like this, his numbers should actually be going up, not just staying stagnant. And I think ultimately they're going to drop because I think the country right now is is so frustrated 
on a lot of things. This is just another example where they say, what is government doing and what can they do well? We have these disasters and, it's, and we seem now to be on plan G. But let me ask both of, both of you, what more can the president do here? He uh, George, go ahead. George, George, the president of the United States could have come down here. He could have been involved with the, with the families of these 11 people. He could have commandeered the, 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 the things that we could have sent the Woods Hole people. We could have sent the Scripps people. They don't have research vessels in the Gulf of Mexico. He could have demanded a plan in, in anticipation of this. You know, right, he can't exactly fill the hole up. The, the, the last night I was in Larry King with the CEO of the former CEO of Shell. They said they got 85% of the stuff cleaned up in the Gulf of Saudi Arabia. He could be commandeering tankers and making BP bring tankers in and clean this up. They could be deploying people to the coast right now. He could be with the Corps of Engineers and the Coast Guard with these people in Plaquemines Parish doing something about these regulations. These people are crying. They're begging for something down here. And it just looks like he's not involved in this. Man, you got to get down here and take control of this. Put somebody in charge of this thing and get this thing moving. We're about to die down here. So, yeah, that was a very... The end of that clip just says it. I mean, James Carville, he's he's really upset. And, you know, Obama went down there today, spent three hours. He took a three-hour tour, if you will. Of, uh, uh, if, I, if I may say something, I, towards the end, he sort of sounded like Hank Hill for a second. <laughs> yeah. But he, he was upset. He, he really was. He yeah. was, uh, and and with good reason. And, and he's a Democrat. I mean, they're supposed to be, like, agreeing with each other on everything. You know? <laughs> well, but again... Yeah. Uh, this is a, a division in the party, certainly, because there is there has been a slow response time. Obama down there today, and he took a look at uh, the situation. Uh, and of course, this is a situation that happened 38 days ago, and Obama is now touring the area. Um, and again, whatever you think of that, but uh, James Carville certainly thinks that's an outrage. Governor Jindal of, of uh, Louisiana thinks that's an outrage. And uh, many people, Democrat, Republican alike, believe it's an outrage. Now, again, Obama can't plug the hole, okay? Obama can't do that. But yeah, certainly, himself said that. certainly he could have worked with Governor Jindal a lot sooner. You know, this whole idea that uh, the Coast Guard was out there right away and the response was instant. It, that's just, it's not true. It's blatantly a lie. And this isn't trying to get you, this isn't trying to be gotcha politics, okay? This isn't an attempt to where we point the finger at Obama and say this is your fault because it's not really your fault. You know, the fault here is BP and Transocean. And if you read this account, and it's a, this is a very long account, but it talks about how uh, on the day in question, they were talking about gases and pressures building up substantially and they had a couple of different solutions to handle this. And uh, they decided to go with the cheap alternative and the sort of lazy way around this is sort of a workaround for this. And, uh, of course, that didn't work. And what happened was uh, there was an explosion. Eleven people were killed. Uh, there's even a, an account here where uh, just a, a 24-year-old worker on the platform tries to radio Mayday. He's trying to radio for help. And the captain of the oil rig reprimands him for using the radio without consulting with him first. Wow. I mean, this is the kind of crap that's in here. You know, this is this is what went on on this thing. So, yes, the fault it, it does have to be assessed to BP. The fault has to BP be assessed to, that kick. Uh, to to Transocean, and it has to be assessed. I don't care uh, where the money comes from to clean this up, but it certainly shouldn't be coming from the federal government. Or if it does, the federal government should be reimbursed by the folks at BP and by uh, Transocean or whoever else uh, is uh, is at fault for this, because that is really ultimately what went on. This is a, an incident that could have been avoided. And uh, the Obama people know this. 
Uh, everybody knows this. You know, the problem is, is the Obama, Obama's feeling the heat now. So the, the spin that's coming out of the left wing now, the spin that's coming from the Ed Schultz of the world, the Randy Rhodes, the Tom Hartmans, and all these other folks, their spin now is, well, this all goes back to the Bush administration and their uh, deregulation of the business. You know, I mean... I swear, yeah. I swear we have, if it's partly cloudy and it rains, uh, we, Bush gets blamed for it. I mean, at some point, somebody has to take responsibility. Dies, they'll blame it on Bush. Right. He's not the president anymore. Barack Obama's and, been the president for a year wanted, and a half. You couldn't blame him for the disaster that happened. You could blame him for lack of response, but well, I mean, not for the disaster itself. They're trying to blame him because the oil business was heavily deregulated under the Bush administration. And look, uh, there certainly could have been regulations in place, but uh, but of course, I don't see Democrats rushing out to regulate the oil business because there's a lot of Democrats that are taking money from BP from. A shell from from all these other companies. So Gas it's space. there's a lot of conflict of interest going on. Conflict of interest. The the freaking oil platform blew up. Eleven people are dead, and hundreds of thousands of sea creatures will be killed. Hundreds of thousands more will be affected. Where's the conflict? I don't care if they gave you a blowjob and a beer. My God, they they should be doing something about it. The bottom line here, and and what needs to be done, first of all, uh, BP today, the, the latest news is, um, yesterday this looked pretty hopeful. Uh, BP had put some uh, some heavy mud down there to try and plug this hole up and, and get everything done, and, and it looked like it was holding, and then it wasn't. Some oil was leaking out, then they made a second attempt. Well, that second attempt has now been canceled for the meantime. Uh, because they believe that it's it's not working and it could be dangerous again. And they want to get this mud down there so then they can eventually just uh, cement it over and, uh, and, and take care of that. Now, of course, the Obama people have responded and said that, uh, okay, well, what we are going to do is suspend any, um, any permits for offshore drilling for the next, uh, well, for the, next for, for the foreseeable future until we can sort of figure out what went on and until we can conduct an investigation. Well, um, that's stupid. I'm sorry, that's just, that because, and I'll tell you why. The reason why is, um, let me just tell you the other countries that are still conducting drilling in the Gulf of Mexico right now. Well, you've got Mexico. Uh, it, let's see here, uh, Brazil. Uh, well, they even need to drill. They can just take a vacuum to the water now. Yeah, uh, let's see. Um and we have uh, well, let me say I, I I had all my I had my list here, but anyway, I know that there's uh, there's several countries that are still involved uh, in the Gulf of Mexico right now. I believe I believe Spain is out there drilling also. So there's a it's a long list, and that's that's the problem here with the with the Obama folks, and that's the problem with the country right now is that. You know, our, we we overreact, but in the wrong way. Well, right, we're we're a reactionary country is the problem. Rather than take the necessary precautions, and rather than make sure that BP is running things, you know, according to the book, and and making sure that everything is going well. Instead, once something happens, then we get outraged, and then we decide we're going to close down all of our offshore drilling operations, and then maybe we won't have any more drilling operations off the coast of Alaska or off the East Coast because something like this could happen. 
Look, I mean, I don't want to sound insensitive and I don't want to sound cruel here, but whether or not we continue to drill offshore, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. What happens is others will continue to do so. So whether or not we do it is irrelevant. I say we might as well keep doing it because everybody else is. However, let's take some better measures to make sure that things are safe. Let's make sure that if, if BP does screw up like this, they are held accountable. You know, where's everybody else? Where's all the other countries of the world that are supposed to be outraged by this and that are supposed to be looking out for the environment? And, the, the, you know, where, where is everybody else's outrage at this? Oh, because it didn't happen in their backyard. It happened in the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, the only countries it really affects, uh, honestly, is the United States and Mexico. Maybe, you know, a little bit of this drifts around in the currents over toward oh, Western shit. Cuba. <laughs> Sorry. Hmm. Frog in my throat. That's that ocean current. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe this drifts over toward Western Cuba. But really, you know, people in France, they don't care. They don't care that it's Spain. They don't care. As far as they're concerned, as long, they'll just keep drilling in the Gulf. So it's not a big deal. All right. And anyway, the, the account of this, so if you read the entire account of what happened, uh, it's pretty chilling, and it uh, definitely uh, says a lot. And it's, uh, it's bad stuff. So uh, I would encourage you to do that, even though it might, uh, it might really depress you. It certainly did me. And I, I sir, yeah, because, you know, I certainly need more things to bring me down. You just don't have quite enough depression. In yeah, your I don't life. have enough on my plate. I need to worry about something else also. There's just not enough going wrong uh, for me to worry about. So let's just let's let's just, you know, pile something else on top put, of that. Put a cherry on the shit Sunday, as uh, it were. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um all right. Mike at KMGX.com is the email address. Uh, it's Mike at KMGX.com. Uh, that analogy reminds me of watching the Diamondbacks game yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I just I have to mention this. Real thing. So if, for those of you that may have a fantasy baseball league going on right now, you may be in a fantasy baseball league and um, you have Dan Heron as a starting pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw uh, that. Uh, Against the Red Sox, right? What? They were going against the Red Sox, I believe. No. Uh, the Diamondbacks yeah. were playing the Rockies yesterday. Ah. And oh, yeah. Dan, Dan Heron got lit up uh, again a little bit. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but he got he did get lit up again. Um, actually, he actually got lit up terribly. He, he looked he looked okay for the first couple of innings, but then he just totally lost it again. He gave up another four home runs. He is, he is uh, let's see, right now in the National League, he has an ERA of 5.35, 60, I believe that's 65th in the National League among starting pitchers. He's given up a league-leading number of home runs. Uh, he has been, he has not been his usual self this year. Yeah, he's hitting over 400 at the plate. <laughs> but, but unfortunately, uh, Dan Heron is, his, his, his hitting is fine. Uh, it's too bad that they, the Diamondbacks are paying him a lot of money to be a pitcher. That's... Uh, that's a problem. Um, you know, uh, the Red Sox, uh, they're not having any problems right now. They're, they're playing very well. David Ortiz, again, you have Fantasy Baseball League, uh, and you said, I want to make sure I get rid of David Ortiz. I'm going to have him on the bench. Hopefully you don't right now. 
Seven. He's had a great month of April. But he's hit eight home runs. Eight home runs the month of April, and he's hitting like 330 for the month or something like that. I mean, it's unbelievable. David Ortiz lighting it up. And everybody said, this guy's done. No, and I, and I told, I, I had this very conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago, or it was actually the beginning of May. And um, they said, uh, oh, yeah, man, David Ortiz, he's done. That's it. It's time. It's t- that's it. It's time uh, he, he hung it up. You know, the Red Sox just need to get rid of him or the Red Sox need to maybe uh, think about trying to, trying to trade him for whatever they can get, maybe a prospect or something. That's just stupid. All right. Anyway, um, take a break. Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. David Ortiz. Yeah, let's get rid of him. And again, just like he did last year, he came out of his shell. Now, uh, I don't know what's with the slow start. I don't know what the deal is with all that. Who knows? But I'm sure at some point um, we got to we got to figure it out, right? Red Sox fans. They were they were they were gripping big time about I don't know three four weeks ago. <laughs> Especially right before that series with the Angels, you know, right after the Yankees destroyed them again. But they still have to catch the Rays. Well, we are reactionary people, Mike. Well, yes. Boston fan, definitely. Listen, Boston fan, you better win tonight. That's all I can tell you. You'd better win tonight. Because, yeah, because if the Celtics don't win... Um, there's no way they're winning Game Seven in Orlando. Forget it. You guys will get the stamp of fail, and you'll have done something that was basically deemed impossible. Given up two three-zero series leads within three four weeks of each other. Bruins and now the Celtics. All right, we'll be back after this. It's Michael Graff in exile on a Friday. Yay! Back after this. Soon I'll be at the Celebrity Theater checking out Asia in concert. Yes, this time they're here by themselves. They're not. Uh, they're not opening for Yes or anything like that. Uh, I, they have a new album too. I got to check that out. 
Don't worry, I'm just having a conversation with myself. It's, uh, <laughs> that's what I do here for an hour or two every, uh, well, whenever I feel like it. It's Michael Groff in Exile, back. It's Friday, May 28, 2010. Play with yourself. What, what's that? Video games. Play with yourself. Oh, there you go. All right, Mike at KMGX.com is our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Grauf Show. That MB, the screen name. Public education, you know. And we're also on EFNet IRC, the channel net radio. You can uh, check us out at uh, MichaelGrauf.com for all of your various Michael Grauf needs. There's a very secret private super section there where there's naked pics. Yeah. It's a hidden it's, it's hidden. But all right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the code. Maybe. If you're good, yeah. There's, if you're nice and spend money. It's, it's, I'm just like I'm just like Paris Hilton. There's there's uh, there's porn videos with me involved. I, I won't lie. Wildest dreams. Sure. Wildest dreams. Wildest that along. All right. Anyway, um, so this is this is interesting. So. Hillary Clinton says that the rich are not paying their fair share. Oh, it's just another politics. I love when when rich people whoa, whoa, uh, tell... Whoa, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Yeah? Aren't the poor not sharing their share fair because they don't have enough money to give in the first place? Well, she says the rich are not paying their fair share of the taxes. Now... What about the poor people, though? They're not giving their share fair. Their share fair? I mean, they don't have enough money to give in the first place. Well, in jail. <laughs> well, what what she's saying here is that the rich people are. Um, she says that, uh, and this is a common argument. This has been thrown out there again. Now she tries to make sure that she says, "Hey, look, uh, you know, the administration isn't putting me. This isn't the official stance of the administration. This is just my theory." Yeah. Well. Um, the Clintons, between 2001 and 2009, made over $100 million. According to the, uh, the IRS reportings, uh, when, when Hillary Clinton ran for president, these, all, of these, uh, all, the federal dis- all this had to be disclosed, of course. She made over $100 million. So I love how 100 millionaires... 100 millionaires plus are going to tell us, going to tell everybody else who should be paying their fair share. Remember, we also documented that Hillary Clinton, because she talks about how we don't help each other enough and, you know, people aren't charitable. Remember all this? Well, uh, we went through and we found out that she um, she gave like $2,000 in charity charitable donations over, wow. over like the eight-year period, like 2001 to 2009. I'm just... Listen, I'm just throwing it out there, okay? I just love it when when people try to redistribute the wealth and try to tell you and try to tell everybody else uh, uh, that the rich don't pay their fair share. And, of course, we've debunked that myth on this show like a zillion times. The rich, the, the top 
The top 1% of wage earners in this country, the upper 1% pay 38% of the taxes. 1% of the people pay almost two-fifths of all the tax dollars collected. So don't tell me the rich people don't pay their fair share. That's just, that's the most ludicrous argument uh, ever. Um, yeah, the top 10%, uh, they pay nearly five-sixths of all the taxes collected. And the top 50% of wage earners pay 96% of the taxes collected. Wow. <laughs> Oh, that, that puts me and my family <laughs> sort of at the bottom of the barrel there, doesn't it? Well, I mean, it's. I'm just saying that, you know, the upper the upper crust well, pays the majority of it. You could counter-argue that it's because the rich people, you know, they, they get more property, they get more things. Well, thus they of course, we have. have, well, we have what's called a progressive taxation system, which means as you earn more money, you pay more in taxes by percentage. And I've always thought that that's kind of unfair because what it does is it, it, it punishes people for achieving more. It almost it does it's almost a disincentive to earn more. Yeah, you know, I have a friend that that works uh, for for the gas company here in Phoenix. Okay, and and he's been on the show a million times. Anyway, he um he makes a, a very good wage. Okay, he's one he's a uh, he's a service tech. And he got a raise uh, some time ago, and he said, you know what's funny is I just got a raise that put me up into this tax bracket. He goes, it's funny. After the taxes, I actually make just a, a couple of bucks. I make a few bucks less than I made before I got my, my uh, raise. And I said, that's just amazing. He goes, yeah, because I was, I was on the upper end of, of one of the borders for this tax bracket. And then I'm on the, on the, I'm on the very bottom of the, of the range for, the, for this next tax bracket. Because I actually make less money. I'm making more money, but I'm actually taking home less money because of the taxes. And that's the problem with a progressive tax system. Um, that's it, it's too progressive, as it were. Well, right. And I mean, I, I know that a lot of people, especially on the left, advocate that we should go back to the days of the 72% tax bracket for the, upper, uh, for the upper wage earners in this country. That if you make more oh. than if you make more than a million dollars, uh, you should have to pay uh, 72% of your, of your income in taxes. Uh, and they, they 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 cite the good old days of the seventies. Yes, the good old days of the seventies. Ah, yes, the good old days where uh, <laughs> where inflation ran rampant. And <laughs> wasn't there a gas hike in the seventies? Well, I mean that was all part of the gas shortage, not necessarily re related I, to I that. Know, but, but, but I but, mean, like overnight, there was a. It, uh, our teacher talked about this at one point. It, like overnight, it went from like. Uh, like 50 cents or something like that to like 150, something like that? Yeah, well, it was by, okay, it was like equivalent of, it was like the equivalent of, in today's dollars, it was the equivalent of about a, I think a dollar and a half uh, tax uh, uh, or um, increase in the price of gas, if I remember correctly. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but regardless, you know, the 70s uh, were a, a stagnant time in this country in terms of growth. Uh, the real growth took place in the 80s again. And I know people say, well, there was the recession in 1987. Of course there was. There's recessions every several, it's several years. That's how the economy runs in this country. It grows, it expands too fast, then it shrinks. Then it grows again, it expands too fast, then it shrinks. That's what happens. It's the natural cycle of, of any economy. As I've always said, if you look at the, if you look at the stock market, if you look at the, the, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, since 1930, okay, or even since before. It's a yo-yo up a staircase. 
that's the best way to classify it. It goes up and down, but the overall trend over the years is up. If you take, if you just draw a straight line, the overall trend is up. But there are there are spikes in there. There are some substantial spikes. The problem is, and I don't want to get into a whole like philosophical thing about the economy because right now the the economy is in really bad shape. And I actually have some some stories. I wasn't even going to get into these. But I, I, I think I should. I think I should elaborate on this. But um, if you look at the overall trend, everything you know goes up. But but right now, uh, there's there's certainly a lot to worry about. But if I could just circle back to where I was here, Hillary Clinton making these statements that the rich don't pay their fair share. It's just ridiculous. And and to and to say that we should go back to the days of uh, you know the 70s and, and have the 72 percent increase in or 72 percent tax bracket that that's just that's nutty that's totally that's insane is what that actually is that's you know and again anybody that advocates jacket. <laughs> yeah anybody that advocates that yeah they, they need to have their medication upped and i hear people that do this i do here listen this is the clip again this is a long clip this is about a two-minute clip but Okay, at the very beginning, Hillary Clinton, young Padawan. Hillary Clinton tells you that uh, the rich don't pay their fair share. And then, and then, she ties it all into the economy today. And wait till you hear the hammer she drops. And it's, it's kind of subtle, but wait till you hear the hammer that she drops in here. About how, um, well, again, this will just, this is your Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton. You know, this is my opinion. I'm not speaking for the administration. So I will preface that with a very clear caveat. Um, the rich are not paying their fair share in any nation uh, that is facing the kind of employment issues, whether it's individual, corporate, whatever the taxation forms are. And I go back to the question about Brazil. Brazil has the highest tax to GDP rate in the Western Hemisphere. And guess what? It's growing like crazy. And the rich are getting richer, but they're pulling people out of poverty. There is a certain formula there that used to work for us until we abandoned it uh, to our regret, in my opinion. So my view is that you have to get many countries to increase their public revenue collections in order to make investments that will make them richer over the long run. Uh, you have to work hard on the innovation uh, new technology agenda to try to create new forms of jobs. Uh, uh -huh. You have to strike the right balance, which is not easy. And right. different countries uh, probably require different approaches between Get stimulus and line. restraint. No, 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 here comes the hammer. I think you have to, in, even in a, during crisis Just a few periods, minutes, or a few you know, seconds here. at big works projects in uh -huh. order to employ people. Um, but it's difficult to do that in some of the advanced countries because the kinds of jobs that those works projects produce are not always the jobs that people are willing to take. Yeah. And one of the things that benefited the United Here States it is. dramatically in the 90s, in the first uh, decade of, the, uh, of this century, was immigration. <laughs> I mean, you know, we filled a lot of jobs uh, that really oh fueled the economy as, as a lot of our population aged. Um, and so immigration has to be it's somehow in the mix, but it is becoming an increasingly volatile subject, not just here, but everywhere. Uh, so there is no, like, one perfect formula. Yeah. So, again, the rich, love that the rich don't pay their fair share. 
And we need more, you know, works projects all of the 1930s. And the thing that's really helped our, the thing that, that really is helping the economy, and the thing that we really needed, immigration. Yeah, yeah. But of course, the vast, Wait, the vast majority of the immigration that's taken place since the 90s has been illegal immigration. We don't want to pander, though. Hillary Clinton is never one to pander. <laughs> uh, oh, God, I need to punch somebody. In I head. just feel I, I just think back to when she went, I don't feel no way tired. I remember when she did that. I come too far. Nobody ever told me it was be easy. Um, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. bit lying around. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I think, I think we do somewhere. Let me see. Dig a hole. Dig a hole. Let me see if I can find this here. Yeah, I, I, that just brings to mind that that whole thing, and that's on our, uh, that's in the old system here. Let me see if I can uh, pull that up because that is that is classic. I know we have that on a uh, on an old bumper too somewhere. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, this would be. I was just talking about this today. I, I, I there's a, of course our old folder that has all these old news clips, and here is here it is. I need disgruntled voice guy back here to work through. Yeah, all I could have listened all afternoon. That pulse that you found so faint, you have brought back to life. And the chair of all the mayors in the country, Mayor Palmer from Trenton, New Jersey. I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. Uh, all right, that's... Uh, every time I hear that, I also think about the, uh, you know, if the world flat a little bit. Well, there is that, too. Yeah, that, that, that clip goes right up there. That clip goes right up there with that, with that Sherry Shepard bit. And they're both, like, competing for the number one bit spot or whatever. Well, Hillary Clinton is the master of pandering. I remember, you know, she, she went to... Uh, she is speaking so well because of public education. This yeah. weekend, and I took him to this very ritzy... Uh, uh, is this... No, this isn't the, that one. This is um, see when we we have all these clips in here, and this one is called "Sherry Shepherd is still dumb." Ah, yeah, that that mine's the same way. Whenever I save a whole bunch of files, they always get mixed up, even with titles. Yeah, but well, when we when we when I put all these in these uh, in the news clips here, yeah, some of these are uh, some of these are titled. I mean, if if I look through the title here, we have stuff like. Um, we have stuff in here like, uh, you know, Clinton Part 2. Uh, <laughs> let's see if I have this. Where is that Sherry Shepard? Because you just jogged my memory of the of the Sherry Shepard thing, how dumb she was. Yeah. But I don't have it here. Uh, we'll, we'll find it later. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. I was... <laughs> like Two of those back to back will lower your IQ by five points. Guaranteed. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's part of the problem. The problem is if you play too many of these, uh, the, I'm afraid the listeners will, um, they'll probably just they'll lose too many of their IQ points. They won't be able to stand it anymore. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they, they might forget to blink for a few minutes. Well, <clears throat> it is. <laughs> yeah, they might forget to breathe altogether. Uh, they may they may just lose it. Um, actually, we've we've come we've come along. Mike, right? you if know. you have less listeners than Paris Hilton's brain cells, I think you might want to keep all of them. 
Well, that's no. You're right. You're right. We're we've got to do that. All right. So that's the uh, that's that's the latest with with that with Sherry with uh, Sherry Shepard and Hillary Clinton and all that stuff. So Hillary Clinton says we don't the, the rich don't pay their fair share. And again, that's just the common myth that we have to debunk all the time whenever somebody else says that rich people don't pay their fair share, Mike. How much? Let me ask you this. And this is let me just take this tact because maybe I, I don't know. I'm sure I've done this over the years, but let me just ask this. If, I mean, Bill Gates—he retired recently, like a year ago—and and he's still donating. I mean, if you look at he is donating. I mean, excuse the language, but shitloads of money to charity. I mean, even more than he was CEO, I think. Well, let me let me take this tact. Let me just ask people that believe that the rich don't pay enough in taxes. Let me just ask you this: How much do you believe? And I already know the answer from some people. I know what some people would say, but. How much would you believe rich, and again, rich is a subjective definition anyway, how much do you believe the rich should pay in tax? Should they pay, like what, what percentage of their income? And what is rich? What defines somebody as rich? Is it somebody that makes $100,000 a year? 200000 250 500000 a million, $3 million, $5, $10 million? Um, like, what? We, we actually... Uh, <laughs> Excuse me for a moment. We, um, I forget which class this was, but we did have a brief discussion about this in a class, and somebody mentioned it should be measured roughly against the poverty line. It should be measured like a 100% or something like that against the poverty, uh, poverty line. Okay, so it should be measured against... Okay, so, so okay, now the poverty line is that nah, depends a family of four or just a single person on the poverty line, uh, I think whatever. the average in America is like fifty thousand dollars or so well the average <clears throat> the average income for the average person is thirty or the median income is like thirty something thousand now for a family I know it's higher I know the median income is probably about forty five thousand forty three thousand whatever it is yeah. but <clears throat> okay let's just say you take the median income of a family. Or you take the the poverty line, what's considered the base poverty line for a, for an income family. And again, these are numbers I don't have in front of me. I have the IRS numbers, the breakdown of of what people pay in taxes. I do have that in front of me, but I don't have the poverty line numbers in front of me. And I know somebody's going to say I'm out of touch. I don't know, whatever. No, if you um, but, give me a momentum. But right? but I I do have. But I, okay, let's say you take let's say you take it and you you base you put it against. Um, here, here it is, Mike. I can give you the official poverty rate and guidelines if you want. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. For one person, it's ten thousand dollars, ten thousand eight hundred thirty to be specific. Is this uh, is this the federal standard? Is this by state? Uh, what Department is this? of Health and Human Services poverty guidelines. Okay. For two thousand eight, two thousand nine. All right. So for a single right. person, it's ten thousand. $830. All right. Yeah, that's for the continuous United States and D.C. Okay, 10830 Not 10829 but $10,830. <laughs> and zero uh, cents. All right. Zero cents. we we, we got to get it down to that damn penny. All right. All right. Uh, two people at $14,570. Okay, two people, $14,500. All right. Uh, three people at $18,300. Uh, Three hundred and ten. All right. And four people. It's twenty-two thousand. Uh, twenty-two thousand and fifty dollars. All right. And 
for five people, it's $25,790. And we'll stop there, even though it goes up to eight. Okay. Which sounds a little, I mean, that sounds a little bit off, but. So for a single person, the poverty line is considered $10,830. The poverty threshold is $10,830. So for the basics of living to afford a housing, board, clothing, basics of living, that's $10,830. Which, meanwhile, you couldn't... I defy any human being to live in the United States. I don't care if you live in the... I don't care if you live in Concordia, Kansas, for God's sake. I don't care if you live in... Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I don't care where you live. I don't care if you live in the tiniest little town... In in Montana or something, you can't live. A human being cannot live on ten thousand eight hundred thirty dollars a year. I don't care if you have a house that's fully paid off um, and you don't have a mortgage to pay or anything. I don't care what it is. You, there's no way you can live on ten thousand eight hundred thirty dollars. That poverty line—that's ridiculous. But okay, if I if I accept that number for what it is, but it's just it's it's bogus. But so, I mean, okay, so then what, what's considered rich? If we have a standard that's set up for what is considered to be, well, that's not even necessarily poor, but that's considered poverty-stricken. You're still poor. Listen, you're still, if you're a single person and you make 20000 a year, you're still poor. You're not rich, but it's all relative. It's relative. Like what I was saying, when I go to Vegas, okay, and I'm standing there and I'm at a craps table and, and it's a $5 game and, you know, and, and you got people... You know, you got some guy that walks up and, and he, you know, he just plays $5 on the pass line. Then you got somebody else that's like me that's sort of in the middle. You know, I've got maybe $20, $30, $40 on the table at a time. And then you got, you got some guy, you know, that's putting, that's, you know, playing six and eight for, for $240 each. I mean, you know, to me, that guy is rich. But to that guy, the guy that's down at MGM playing for $2,000 a roll is is rich. You know, it's relative to to what you have. To a homeless guy, I'm considered rich. To me, you know, the the guy that's living up there on on Camelback Mountain is if is If you rich. can afford a $100,000 iPod touch cover. You're yeah, I mean, rich. you're to me, you're just stupid if you can if you can <laughs> if you pay for a $100,000 iPhone uh case, you're just stupid. But you're probably also very rich. You know, I don't just think of rich as Bill Gates, but see, to, that's my point is to everybody, it's a different definition. I know that Barack uh, Obama tried to sort of pencil it in example, at, at, uh, at $250,000, but that's my not... My classmates uh, consider me rich because I, I always seem to be walking in with some fancy toy, and the fact of the matter is, I just save up my allowance, you know? Right. Uh, like the PSP, I mean, I, I well... I won't lie, I bought, well, I, I saved up my allowance, and that's the point, you know, I saved it up for like 15 weeks. Well, right, and I mean, you know, rich is, again, it's a, it's a very relative term, and it's very relative to a lot of people. Um, to me, I mean, I, I look at people that, that have all that discretionary income to throw around at, at gambling and stuff. I look at the old lady that's that's piling in all that money. I don't know if she's rich or not, I just know that she's spending a lot of money. That doesn't necessarily make you rich. You know, again, I, as I said, the, the Obama people tried to sort of define it at about two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and they tried to sort of uh, they wanted to increase taxes on on that bracket and and up, and of course that's just ridiculous. I mean, 
Somebody that makes $250,000 a year is not rich. That's upper middle class, more or less. Yeah, I mean, let's, all right. Me and my family. uh, You make make $250,000 a year. Let me just outline this for you. Now, I know to a lot of people that are listening to this podcast, they go, well, that's pretty rich, Mike. I mean, and and I would, uh, certainly a lot more than I've got. It's a lot more than just about anybody I know. I mean, there are people in my family that certainly make that or more. But uh, to, to a lot of people, uh, that's, that's very rich. That's very well off. But, okay, you make 250000 a year. Well, right away, the government comes along and takes about half. About half your money is taken by state and federal government. So you have 125000 even if you have a, a reasonable house and you've a, you have reasonable payments, you have car insurance, you know, you have health insurance, you have uh, it, it all adds up. It all, yeah, I mean, by the time by the time you're done, you know, that person may have what uh, twenty thousand dollars in discretionary income, which is a lot more than the average person has. Maybe they have thirty thousand, but I mean, that's not a rich person. It's, it's relative to what you have, but that doesn't necessarily make them a rich person. I've always said, and this is just sort of one of those things, I've always said that you can pretty much live your life and you can be extremely comfortable and you can have just a, a beautiful sort of retirement and you can, have, you can have everything you want and not have to work a day in your life and even spend pretty healthy if you have a hundred million dollars, all right. If you have a hundred million dollars, and I don't mean a hundred million a year, I mean if you have a total total assets of a hundred million dollars, man, you're set. You're you're set. Your family's set. You're set pretty much for life, unless you're just a blatant one of these, you know, one of these toothless yahoos Let, that wins the lottery uh, and goes bankrupt. What what scenario here? Let's say you were orphaned, like when you were born, and your family left you a hundred million dollars. If you only spend a million dollars a year, you're still set for life. Right. I mean, again, and it, it's relative to how people spend. It's relative to a lot of things. But what I'm what I'm trying to get at is I've always sort of looked at that line and said, wow. If you've got that, you know, because even people that have, let's say, a million dollars in the bank, there's, there's a lot. When you've got a million dollars, I still don't say you're rich. But you're definitely not poor. But you're 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 sort of at you're at this weird precipice. You're sort of in this kind of this weird middle ground of of not quite rich, definitely not poor. You're upper class, but you're not like elite. You're sort of like I mean I, I look at people that make about two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year to about a million and a half a year, and and I see that as sort of you're right in this zone, like. You could buy you can buy a very nice car, a very nice home, a very you can have a lot of very nice things, but you can't have you can't have everything you want. The guideline, like you said, saying rich, it's sort of like saying I. It's a, it's a, whenever somebody's saying it, it always means something different, you know. Right. It's it's some it's it's different things to different people. Again, I say a ho- to a homeless guy. Yeah, a homeless guy sees me with a with a roll of twenties in my wallet, and they go, "Man, guys, you got change." That guy's loaded, yeah. And then the next thing you know, they ask me for change. 
And then I see a guy in Vegas that that throws down $1,000 on the craps table on a buy-in, and I go, man, guy's got some bucks. And then that $1,000 guy sees the... Other guys yeah, and then and then that guy that guy goes down to the MGM Grand and he sees he sees some old dude. And I saw this at the MGM Grand. I saw this old dude who who bought a crap. He just sat there and played at his own craps table, some high roller, and he's playing for you know he's he's putting anywhere from one to five thousand dollars on the pass line at a time. You know, the guy that you know that's that's another level. It's it's all different levels. For different people. That's why they have penny slots and nickel slots and quarter slots and dollar and five dollar and ten and a hundred dollar slots. I mean, they got, they got slots for anybody. Got table games for anybody. We got we've got that's why we have that's why we've got Geos and Suzuki's and Hondas and Infinities and Lexus and Mercedes and Escalades and everything else. Yeah. What? Nothing. Nothing. You're just making random noises over there. You're you're, you're all right. You're okay. Yeah, that's what you're good? she said. <laughs> well, it, it's just that I, I've never liked any of the cars. The only cars I've I hope liked that's not is, what she said. God, I don't even know the name of this, but I, I saw this car in a parking lot once. It was an orange car, and it, it was very sharp shaped. It was very geometric. It wasn't a smart car, but it. it it was like a square car, literally almost. And I thought it looked very cool. And I'm like, that's the car I want when I grow up. But I have no idea what the name of it is. A square car. It, yeah, it, it sort of looked like a, a like a rhombus or whatever. You know, like it, it looks square <laughs> other than the windshield and the engine, you know, sticking <laughs> out. <laughs> I, I can't my my friend, my friend drives a car. We call it the Borg Cube. He drives a Honda Element. That and uh, it, it, that's that thing is uh, it's a it's you know this big it's this big old boxy thing and yeah it's one of those Honda elements and and I'm not a big fan actually both he and his girlfriend drive they each drive a it, Honda yeah that's element. the one I'm thinking of orange Honda element that's so the you, you one want I'm of. you want a Honda element yeah I, I uh, all the I mean all the sports cars I've seen like a lot of my friends are into you know muscle cars and. I've seen all those cars, and I'm like, uh, oh, whatever. You know, but I've seen this orange Honda, and the orange color is so nice, and I'm like, I want that car, you know? Um, I guess. <laughs> well, it, everybody has their own flavor of ice cream. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, it's a nice car. I mean, it's comfortable on the inside and everything. That's just like those people that wanted the, um, what was this car? There was a car uh, a few years ago that was out. And, you know, I, I don't drive. I'm not a car person. I don't know much about cars, all right? I, yeah, you um, live in Phoenix. You, you can walk anywhere, really. Well, not really. I mean, that's the problem. Phoenix is not... It's not like you can just walk anywhere you want. This isn't... You know, this isn't like some town in New Hampshire where everything is within three three blocks. This is, you know... <laughs> this is Sounds a, like Ashland. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a city that's 600 square miles. Uh, oh, it's yeah, it's huge. I'm okay. only eleven square miles. Yeah, you're, you're making me feel small, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I are mean, you compensating for something? But but what I'm saying is that uh, you know uh, I I can't remember the uh, the car the the it was not a Prius it's one of these um it was this really trendy uh, car that was out a few years ago and I and I couldn't understand why it was so nice. 
And and I, I for the life of me, I can't think of what it is now. But it was it's another one of these, you know, it, it, it at first it, it didn't catch on and it was um it was uh, it was kind of a, a bad car. There's there's several of these that are like this and, and they're like kinda egg shaped, you know, and safety car uh, smart cars. Yeah, and, and and but then eventually people catch on to them. So I don't know. Uh, hybrid, I think. Uh, yeah, well, and, and the other thing is, yeah, something like that. Hybrids are are <sighs> hybrids are just ridiculous. Um, they're first of all, the reason that those things don't sell is, uh, for the most part is because first of all, they 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 make them. They're just they're just despicably ugly. Nobody wants to look at these cars. Um. You know, I mean, the and of course, you know, the the problem with the Prius was, you know, it's just like every other one of these Toyotas. You know, they they uh, they had this little problem with the accelerator. That was a little bit of a deal, and uh, that was a problem. <laughs> you know, the yeah, problem is you were in the car and it suddenly accelerated to the maximum speed of a Prius of uh, forty-two miles an hour, and uh, and and you know, which is very intimidating. <laughs> Generally speaking, the car is supposed to go fast when you want it to. Right, and it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember I went out on a date with a girl uh, last year, and, and, and she she drove uh, one of those, and um, and and it was <laughs> it was it's nice, it's a nice car, but then you realize that you know the person that's driving it's a total whack job because it's a Prius, and it's like. What, you didn't want to buy a nice car? I mean, you had all that money to spend and you spent it on this pile of crap? So, <laughs> that was a deal breaker. Um, <clears throat> here's, this is, this is really bizarre. This story right here, this is, uh, once again, it shows the stupidity of legislators. A Michigan lawmaker wants to license reporters to ensure that they're credible and vet them for good moral character. <laughs> Senator Bruce Patterson is introducing oh, legislation yeah, that uh, will... Reporters are very moral. Yeah. Big on moral. Bruce Patterson is uh, introducing legislation that will regulate reporters uh, much like the state does with hairdressers, auto mechanics, plumbers, and so on. Patterson, who also practices constitutional law, says that the general public is being overwhelmed by an increasing number of media outlets, traditional online and citizen-generated, and an even greater amount of misinformation. Quote, legitimate media sources are critically important to our government, he said. He told <clears throat> foxnews.com that some reporters covering state politics don't even know what they're talking about and they're working for publications he's never heard of. So he wants to install a process that'll help him and the general public figure out which reporters to trust. Oh, yeah, that'll help. <laughs> because as we all know... You we trust the reporters. Well, no, as we all know, you can uh, certainly believe licensing that a government that the government does. After all, they give licenses to, to people that drive and... Well, we all know that we all paid. know that there's never an accident on the roadways. We all know that there's never there's never some ninety year old woman that should have never gotten a license to drive in the first place, but somehow she gets it and she accidentally uh, presses the accelerator and runs right through a damn Circle K. I mean, we uh, 
Get out. I can't, I can't Walmart. Yeah, I mean, this it happens all the time. And of course, uh, we all know that uh, they they would never they would never ever give a license to a pilot uh, who may do something stupid, who may just get a little bit uh, intoxicated before uh, before deciding that he wants to uh, get on the plane. We we certainly would never do anything like that, right? Of course not, Mike. This is America, the land of perfectness. So with greatest public education, the greatest environmentalist, and um, uh, uh, oh wait, uh, scratch that. So my point is, <clears throat> my point is that we we. Uh, we're going to license where who's going to be the the person that gets to determine what a credible reporter is. Who's going to be the deter the ultimate you. who gets to vet these people to make sure that they're credible. And he's like, well, these places that I've never heard of, you mean bloggers, bloggers who are generally more accurate than ABC news or CNN. I would definitely tell you that bloggers are more likely to get something accurate than Larry King for God's sake. Larry oh. King, who who doesn't even know, who, who asked uh, these ridiculous questions about, well, uh, don't you think? He asked the governor of the state of New York, well, do you think that, uh, do you think that maybe because you were blind, uh, the scrutiny was different? <laughs> what did that have to do with the, what he was talking about? I mean, we've played all the stupid clips from Larry King. That guy's license would have been revoked. Of course, uh, giving licenses to reporters, which is, of course, if, if, if he says, uh, Mr. Patterson here says that he's, a scholar of constitutional law. He would know the Congress shall make no law infringing upon the right of the the freedom of the press, rather. Would that of course that wouldn't happen. You know. We wouldn't This is a this is the dumbest thing. We give out marriage licenses, the government issues marriage licenses, and yet fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. The government gives out licenses to, as he says here, plumbers. Well, how many times you had some guy come over and you see his crack all sticking out, and next thing you know, you got a burst pipe someplace because the guy doesn't know his ass from the hole in the ground, couldn't find okay. it with two hands and a flashlight, and yet here he is working on your damn pipes. You know, you, you got electricians that do the, hell, uh, uh, this doctor's office right by my house, uh, they, had a bad, uh, they had a bad electrician do the job over there, and the damn place burned down. That was a licensed electrician. Licensing. Like, licensing gives... This is, again, where my libertarian shi side shines through like a beacon. Uh, if it were up to me, the, there would not be an FAA issuing licenses to pilots. Uh, that would be done by Delta Airlines or by United or by Southwest or whoever the pilot was flying with. And, and the company would ultimately hold the liability. Not the federal government. The, the responsibility would be on a company. If you buy a car from Toyota, Toyota would issue you the license, not the government. Because Toyota would have to ensure that people were more capable of driving their vehicles. You know, I mean, the guy at the shop would be, all right, well, just, you know, if it suddenly starts to accelerate... Um, what I want you to do is, I want you to, this is a maneuver I want you to make. Um, be sure to put your put your head right between your knees and kiss your sorry ass goodbye. 
<laughs> you know, that's that's what we. <laughs> or as Louis Black would say, take it out of your penis. Goodbye, little guy. <laughs> Quote, we have to be able to get good information, he said. Well, what's good information? Good information is quite subjective. I mean, you've got those folks over there on the Democratic side that want to institute the fairness doctrine and don't think that that's dead. The only reason that that really hasn't been brought up very much, the only people that are bringing it up are that, is that whack nut uh, Debbie Stabenow and a couple of those other people. They continue to sort of bring that thing back up. But they want to bring in the fairness doctrine because they think that talk radio isn't fair. They think that it's not fair that Rush Limbaugh is allowed to be on the air and yet Randy Rhodes isn't on 600 stations. Well, the reason that Randy Rhodes isn't on 600 stations is because nobody gives a crap about Randy Rhodes and the ratings show it. There's not an, an audience for it. There's not a market for it. But, well, we're going to make sure. We're going to pull, what, if they don't like the questions that Fox News asks the president or one of their legislatures, they're going to suddenly take away Fox News license? Is that what they're going to do? Well, we, we're going to have to issue you a license. It's bad enough that we have an FCC that engages in racketeering to issue radio stations licenses. Well, if you didn't comply, if you, if you say something indecent and you don't want to pay the fine, we'll hold up your license renewal. Eh. Can you believe this wingnut? He, he wants to actually bring in licensing for reporters. That's, yeah. So what, what kind of test would they have to pass? All right. Uh, uh, now, here's your decision. Uh, dog eats man, man eats dog. All right. Which one do you choose? Yeah, I mean, what, what kind of vetting process would they have for these reporters? Uh, would you have to pass some sort of journalistic standards test? All right, what are the five W's and the H? Uh, uh, now, uh, do, do you know what, uh, I mean, what, what kind of, do you know uh, the, what a pika, how many pikas are there in an inch? I'm just thinking back to when, when, I, when I was doing the high school newspaper. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, now. Uh, uh, can you work with all this about- page maker? That should t- tell you about how long ago I was. <laughs> oh, okay, now, here's what happened. <laughs> a kitten walked across the street. Make a story out of that and you're in. Uh, what are the subject, what's the subject and predicate in this sentence? No, what, what kind what of process, honestly, what, what kind of process would they do? Uh, here's, here's your scenario. You're sitting in front of the President of the United States following, let's just make up a scenario. A big old oil spill in the Gulf. What kind of questions, uh, what, what kind of, write down some questions that you might ask and then we'll grade your paper. And uh, based on how you do here, uh, we'll issue you your license. It's depending on if you support or dissupport the president based on if he's Democrat or Republican. Yeah. Meanwhile, not everybody thinks this is a good idea. Well, thank God. Yeah. Critics say that the proposed law will stem uh, press freedoms and is bound to be uh, politicized, <laughs> obviously. Quote, it's misguided and it's never going to fly, says Kelly McBride, media ethics expert for the Pointer Institute. See, the problem is, is this will be, it'll be exploited by both sides. It'll be exploited by uh, Republicans and Democrats alike. And then, of course, you know, uh, the damn old libertarians will say, well, I don't we have any representation in the media. You know, you'll, you'll get this going on all over the place. Yeah. 
And then they'll probably get the fairness doctrine started up again. Well, listen, as I've as I said before, um, before uh, Barack Obama was elected, and I still stand by this statement. I'm telling you right now. Don't think for a moment that they're not going to try and wheel out that fairness doctrine sometime soon. They're going to try and do it. Barack Obama has sort of floated out the test balloon with sort of a, a freedom of, a, what was it, the Freedom of Press Act or whatever they wanted to put out there. I'm telling you right now, uh, this, um, this is not out of bounds for the Democrats. They want to do this. They want... They want uh, the fairness doctrine. And this guy, this nutball that's proposed this, I don't even know. I don't know anything about this guy. I don't know anything about Legislator Patterson, Representative Patterson in the state of Michigan. I know nothing about him. I just know that this is one of the dumbest ideas. And if he's a constitutional law, if he's into constitutional law, he would know that this violates the First Amendment, among others. It would violate the 14th Amendment as well. Quite frankly, it would be detrimental to this country and it would make it so the government then has a say. It'd be, we really would have state-run media. We almost it's have state-run media as it is. It's almost as controversial as making state uh, a state law making illegal immigrants illegal. Yeah. Yeah, can you imagine the fallout from this? Yeah. Can you imagine what would happen? Um, you know, uh, you're, do you have your license? License and registration, please. For what? For asking the for asking His Highness the President a question. For for blogging. Do, do you have your license? Yeah. For do you blogging? have your blogging license? We're good. Do you have your YouTube license, sir? They I'm want. ID. Believe me when I tell you this. The thing about the internet is it's it's very hard to regulate right now, but it, there there may very well come a time. And, and it's been happening on many fronts on the sort of on the outskirts of the Internet, as it were, where they try to regulate it. And this is just another way to try and do that. It's, well, it's a way to sort of try and regulate the blogosphere. It's a way to because what well, they can they can do, they, they, they can use this. They, they use this along with things like um, with things like the RIAA. And they try to quell peer-to-peer uh, -peer networks and, and BitTorrent well, and all this kind of thing also. Depending on the website and what they do, it is possible to regulate it. For example, you cannot have porn on YouTube. That's easy to regulate as they no, process it's not. the video. You know, go ahead. It's not easy to regulate. It's The Internet is very difficult to regulate. YouTube can regulate. Well, well, like YouTube, can't, YouTube can't even keep illegal content off of their site. They're constantly having a battle back and forth with people that put things up there. Uh, that you know, for example, CBS has time and time again. CBS has tried to get some of their their content pulled off, and they do for a, for like a day, and then somebody goes and uploads it again. I see this all oh. the time with shows that I've tried. You know, like I'll watch shows on YouTube. I know this is this is very what I'm telling you right now. This is scandalous. But there are there are shows or cartoons or things that I've uh, I've watched up there before, animated series and whatnot, that are up and, and there, and people, then uh, and then they're pulled off, and then they're back, and then they're pulled off again. YouTube can't uh, even regulate itself. A, a lot of people argue that, um, uh, like 
for example, putting two or three items technically makes it a parody of the video, and thus, you know, allows them to put the uh, video up, and YouTube had the problem dealing with that, too. I know there was this one guy who put up, like, a music video, and because he had pulled a, put up his own video in, but replaced it with the music, he argued it was a parody, and YouTube is having a battle with that, sort of. Right, and, and that's the thing, that's, the problem is, is that the government, they're never going to be able to regulate that, but they're, they're going to yeah. try. Um, try their darndest. They're going to try. I mean, right now, they're really, as long as it doesn't violate libel and slander law, um, you can pretty much put anything on the internet. As long as it doesn't violate libel and slander law, child pornography law, um, you know, a few other very basic laws that are out there, you can put it, in fact, you, you can put up child porn. It, it may not stay there for very long. You can put it up. You, you, can, you can go right on ahead and put up um, illegal, um, you, you can put up libel and slander material. <laughs> can you, can you, you imagine? You can have your... a website, you can have a website that says, arbyscausescancer.com, see how long it lasts. <laughs> well, uh, what I've always wondered is, imagine it's your job as a police officer to find child porn websites all day. Can you imagine sitting in, like, a cube farm as a police officer and looking up child porn? Well, that, mu that must be quite a job. Well, I mean, the police don't sit there and look for child porn. Usually, uh, usually it's reported to them by somebody. But there are people in the FBI that do uh, they do go through the Internet. There's, there's, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of uh, monitoring uh, software that, that looks at keyword searches. And then sometimes uh, people do get knocks at the door. It's happened. Uh, so, anyway. I, I, I just always imagined that. Like, it's your job all day to look up porn. I mean, well, that was the job of the people at the SEC, apparently, because that's what they did. Well, while Bernie Madoff was ripping off uh, $65 billion from people, uh, the SEC, as it turns out, there were 16 people that were fired from the SEC because they were watching porn. And they were watching hours <laughs> upon hours. Well, we did that story on the air. There was, there was a guy, uh, there was one guy that had so much porn. He had so much porn. He had boxes stacked on top of boxes of DVDs that he burned of porn. And, and, there was actually um, a video on YouTube um, there's this Australian news conference going on, right? It's about stock markets and stuff. And there's a guy in the background because they have, you know, the newsroom in the background. And if you look at him, right. he's looking at porn. Yeah, he's looking at porn. That that, that happens. That's I've seen that a couple of times. There's, uh, but the SEC. There was a woman there that was doing it too. She was watching it like eight hours, almost every hour of the day. She was watching porn. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. It was nuts. The this was the SEC. This really, is really, really great this for is, porn. This is supposed to be the watchdog group that monitors what you know what what's going on in our financial sector. Well, well, you can always find a nut in a bag of fruits, I suppose. I guess uh, that's uh, that's a thing at my school. Sorry. <laughs> Well, it's because it's really true. It's like in every classroom, there, there's like everybody that 
got Minerva Kid, the nerds, the jacks, whatnot. And then there's this one nut, which, you know, I'm always the nut in my classroom, of course. Right. <laughs> and it's just crazy. Like, every, it, it, without fail, e- even if you, like, visit a random classroom, it, unless it was empty, there would always be, like, one nut in the group, you know? Well, um, I, I can understand that. Oh, all right. All right. Most pointless rant ever. Coming up, uh, a couple other things still to get to. Um, Public education at its finest. Yes, uh, I I do have a a little bit of a public schools update. Just another... Well, this is just dumb. This is just one of those things. Just, you you shouldn't do it. Uh, James has got his, uh, he's got a list. Uh, we, we did this the other, the other night on the show. This is another list of most expensive things. I think, the, what are these? Uh, most expensive desserts. Yeah, most expensive desserts. You talk <laughs> about people that are rich. Now, the people that would buy this, I classify these people as rich. And since I've classified them as rich, it's okay to say that they're rich. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's Mike approved, people. Yes. We, we need to get like a poster with a picture and say... It's Mike approved. I've put my seal of approval upon it. <laughs> Your little stamp. All right. Yes. Um, so that's okay. that's that's coming up. And what else? Ah, uh, uh, lovely. Green day. Let's see. Then there's um, we got some sad news. When. And a lot more. Just because the oil spill wasn't depressing enough. Well, yeah, I mean, the oil spill, look, we, we've got a, we've got, we got the La Brea Tar Pit now relocated to the Gulf Coast. Music very appropriate in that case. And, but that's not depressing enough. We got more depressing news. Well, we're going to add some whipped cream to that shit Sunday, are we? Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back. It's Michael Graff in exile on a Friday. Well, yeah, we'll be back. Michael Graff in exile. 
on a Friday. Another perfect day. Another perfect day. And Mike at KMGX.com is our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. That is. Yes, indeed. Thank you. James uh, reminding me that, yes, indeed, that is also our PayPal address for the contributions to this program. If you love it, if you hate it, if you just want me to go away, that'll cost you a lot. But I will for the right price. I'll actually, I will actually not do podcasts for the right price. Well, I just wanted to mention once again, for $20, I will doodle something for you. There you go. But that offer is still on the table, of course. Well, yes. And, and you know what? Uh, I'll do it for nothing, but, you know, I, I think you'd much rather see his drawings than mine. But frankly. I can draw lesbians. <laughs> I think he did offer anime porn. So, hey, that's something I can't offer. Uh, warning, if you try to screw these, you will get a paper cut in a very bad spot. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, yeah, so michaelgroff.com for all of your other Michael Groff uh, needs and whatnot. All right, it's Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial start of summer, and uh, I just, you know, of course, it's been summer forever here, but for some reason, people seem to look at it as, as that, and gas prices, we have some positive news. Hey, in the sea of depression, we do have a little bit of a, of a nugget here to throw out there. Gas prices are on their way down. The average price for a gallon of gas fell again. It's down another uh, 13 cents for the last uh, couple of weeks. And they expect by July the average price uh, could be down as low as $2.50 a gallon. There you go. Uh, San Francisco offers the nation's highest prices. While Jacksonville, if you actually want to be in hell, but you at least pay the lowest price for gas, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Florida, uh, at uh, two dollars fifty-nine cents. Um, yes. Well, well, actually, there's a place in Ohio, a town called Hell. Well, yes, uh, I uh, we Ohio. we have we have. Uh, I believe there's also a Hell, Michigan, and no, this is not the opportunity to throw in your Detroit comments. <laughs> obvious joke is obvious. Yeah, the the town in Ohio that's called hell. That's Cleveland. We know. I mean, listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, listen. I, I get it. But uh, Are you sure it's not Pittsburgh? Well, I mean, listen. I'm. It, it could be. Uh, but that'd be that would be Pennsylvania. Hey, Cleveland, come on <laughs> oh, no. down to Cleveland town, everyone. <laughs> come and look at both of our buildings. All right, listen. <laughs> Yeah, let's cut that short before we go into another sports trend. All right, um, let me just um, give this uh, mention here. There's, there's some. There is actually some sad news. Unfortunately, there's a lot of sad news. And what else? What other show would you have? But to give you all the sad news, but this show. This is. Listen, listen. This is like. Um, this is sort of like the sedative. If your life is going too well, you should always listen to this podcast. We can always bring you to a grinding halt. Gary Coleman died at the age of 42. Ah. Coleman, oh, um, now Coleman, he went into the hospital in Provo, Provo, Utah, on Wednesday. Um, that guy has like eight kids, doesn't he? He, he suffered a, um, a serious medical problem. I guess he fell on his head, and of course it was later found out he had a brain hemorrhage. Uh, he was uh, pulled off life support Friday morning and later passed away. His wife, Shannon Price, and her father, 
were at the hospital. Uh, the Illinois native's death marks the end of a long, sad road for uh, the former um, and diminutive uh, Different Strokes star. Obviously, he had a lot of uh, lot of problems. He struggled mightily. Uh, his story is very sad. If you've ever seen the story of Gary Coleman, and if you know a lot about Gary Coleman and what the things that have gone on with him, it's he really this guy. Uh, he really had a sad life. You know, it was. Um, Guy just couldn't buy a break. You know, I I really do relate to stories like this. Maybe it's a little bit of a psychological thing because I uh, I I don't know. I I, I guess. I love Michael Jackson, right? Well, no, that's not one I relate to. But I do <laughs> I do relate to some of these sad stories where these guys can't buy a break. Uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the show. Maybe I didn't. I don't even know. Sometimes I I don't know if I mention this on the air or if I mention it to somebody else or if I talk about it in passing with somebody. And I forget to mention it on the air, but I guess, um, you know, Mark Pryor, the one-time phenom pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. I mean, this guy was dominant. Him and Kerry Wood, you know, that was going to be the the one-two punch of the Cubs. And everybody knows the sad story of Mark Pryor. Well, the guy was trying one final attempt at a comeback (laughs) in San Diego. He was pitching against a local team in San Diego took a line drive off his pitching shoulder, and now it's going to be a few more weeks before he can even pitch again. It's very likely this guy is never coming back, and all this guy was meant to do is pitch. And I, I really feel for guys like that. I really feel uh, for, I, I feel a great amount of compassion for people that have that kind of story. I know I've certainly had my share of hard luck. And so stories like Gary Coleman and, and Mark Pryor, and we mentioned Jose. I don't even know if I got into the Jose Lima thing earlier this week. The guy, he was 37 years old and died. Uh, the, the one-time pitcher for the Astros, he won 21 games. What was that, back in 2000 or 1999? I mean, and a great guy. And, and it's just, when you think of a 37-year-old professional athlete from the Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball the last 20 years, you know, you get very cynical, of course, right away. You think, wow, 37, heart attack. Huh, that's interesting. You immediately think, ah, steroids. Some kind of performance-enhancing uh, drug was involved there. Of course, he's been out of baseball for several years, but Ken Caminetti, he died very young. Same situation. So, but these kind of stories, very, very sad when somebody dies 42 years old. Listen, I'm 32. I'm 10 years away from this guy's age. Like, I always think my dad died really young. He was 58, and that's young. 42. And it was, it was just something stupid. He fell, and he hit his head, brain hemorrhage. And, of course, you know, his bio... He, uh, You're got, talking about Saint Peter. Yeah, he got yeah he got into acting. Um, when um, TV icon Norman Lear, which eventually paved the way for him to star in Different Strokes, um, it, it all started back then. I mean, it was um, yeah. Let me see. He uh, made the show uh, Different Strokes Ratings winner in the first three years as the young actor was earning as much as $70,000 an episode at its peak. That's that's big time that, bucks. Yeah, that was a lot of money back then, wasn't it's it? It's a lot of money now, $70,000 an episode. 
Coleman would wind up suing his parents in 1989 over missing money. And, of course, well, we all, we all know what happened there. He was awarded more than $1 million in 1993, but the money would not last as he would wind up declaring bankruptcy just six years later. Wow. Coleman said an appearance on Geraldo back in 1993 that he had twice tried um, to overdose on sleeping pills. Wow. Coleman got some publicity in later years uh, when he threw his name in the hat of the uh, circus that was the California 2003 recall election, receiving more votes than other showbiz candidates such as porn star Mary Carey and Gallagher. <laughs> Let's see. Coleman's death marks another sad chapter for the Different Strokes uh, cast. So, anyway, you know. It was terrible. Now, uh, that story, there's really no way to transition out of that, but here's something else. This is kind of sad. This is not only is this sad, this is an outrage. And this is just another reflection on where the country is going. And this is why. See, this is exactly the reason that people get so outraged that they go after bills like SB 1070. This is why Arizona takes the matter into its own hands. A public community college in California has set up a scholarship fund for immigrant students, including illegal immigrants. The $2,500 scholarship was has uh, sparked a lot of anger, a big amount of controversy. At least one lawmaker is threatening to cut off federal funding to the school. Good. Orange County Santa Ana College says that the controversial new memorial scholarship will be funded by private uh, donations and honors uh, former student Tan Ngoc Tran, a student leader, and apparently uh, his name is an eye chart, an immigrant rights activist who transferred to Brown University before she was killed by a drunk driver on May 15th. Anyway, students eligible for the new scholarship must have a 3.0 or higher grade point average uh, constitute a to let's see what else do they um oh here it is demonstrate a financial need and must also be trying to become an American citizen those eligible include students holding green cards students who have permanent residency and illegal undocumented immigrants that's oh, great boy so once again, uh, people that have what this says is you can get into college if you if you've broken the law if you've done it the wrong way it doesn't matter you can get into college here. I mean I know it's not exactly a learning insta a higher learning institute when we're talking about Orange County Santa Ana College. <laughs> Nonetheless, what does the message send? Well, I would cut that's if you're knowingly putting out a scholarship for illegal immigrants. I mean, doesn't that make you sort of complicit? in an illegal act in itself? Isn't there a lawsuit that could be filed there? Certainly there is a, there is, there's grounds for cutting off your financial support from the federal government. Why not? Uh, people that are known bank robbers, uh, why, not, why not have those people in there as well? 
Everybody's welcome. Yeah, everybody. Why not? You broke the law and you got away with it. Good. Hey, we could just call it the OJ Scholarship. Hi, everybody. Just come on in. So what did you do, sir? Well, I murdered 50 people, and frankly, I eat puppies for breakfast. Uh, you're eligible for the scholarship. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, my God. You eat puppies for breakfast? You're going to get extra for that. It's just oh, sad. Yeah. What a what a what a sad state of affairs. Uh, All right, there's uh, that's that. I think uh, I think I covered just about everything. Oh, and I, I got to get to this too. This is a uh, a fine uh, public schools update. Now, this we do a lot of these, and and there's a lot of times where um, the zero tolerance policies make zero sense. This is one of those I have personal experience with that. This is one of those, however, where I think this is just bad parenting. This is from Renton, Washington. A 12-year-old girl has been suspended for the rest of the year because she brought party poppers to Nelson Middle School in Renton. Her father, Louis Green, told uh, KIRO News that she was suspended for 18 days for being in possession of an explosive material. Party propers are sold as toys, but, of course, they have a small explosive charge that makes a popping noise and sprays confetti when you pull a string. Now, this is one of those things where, I, I must say, uh, this isn't as, as bizarre, this isn't like as, as crazy as suspending a student for drawing a picture of a gun. Remember that? We, we, there was a kid that got suspended for that. There was somebody else that got suspended for doodling on their desk. They actually got suspended <laughs> and arrested. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we have we have a lot of these kind of weird stories. Somebody else got suspended because they... I remember when I was in middle school, there was a, a student that got suspended for bringing an aspirin to school, and that violated the zero-tolerance drug policy. We have a lot of these... I, I zero got suspended for bringing a... Zapper school. Yeah, you you had the situation with the zapper, which I think was just completely out of hand. Um, this this on the other hand it is a, a tiny bit different. Uh, this is a legitimate explosive. It could be dangerous. And again, I'm not trying to make it sound like she brought a bomb to school. However. I get bringing a math book and a science book and a social studies book and a notebook and a pen, pencils, markers, whatever. Something to eat, maybe. Maybe a snack. <laughs> okay. I mean, I understand some nowadays, yeah, uh, nowadays, everybody, has to, nowadays have, everybody has to bring their cell phone. Yeah, you get your sandwich, I got my sandwich, got my Coke, and I got my explosives. <laughs> I got my party poppers. Even in, even when I was in, even 20 years ago, yes, all 20, and in 1990, when I was in the, when I was in the sixth grade, we, we would have gotten suspended for doing that too, because that was called being stupid. So I will say that suspension for 18 days, yeah, that seems pretty legit. That seems about right to me. Still stupid though. I mean, what kind of the parent is like? Well, uh, I, I'm very, I'm very proud of my, very proud of my little girl. She brought a party popper. So I don't see it as a big deal. 
Yeah, well, what, it would have been a big deal. Let's say they all like exploded at once. Well, I mean, come on. Now, what kind of damage could they have really done? I know, I get it. It's not that big a deal, but you got to draw the line somewhere. Zero tolerance policy is zero cents. This is a case where I guess I would probably have to side with the school. You know? Ew. Don't freak us out there, Mike. And of course, it goes on there. A permanent record. <laughs> the permanent record. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Um, now, now, uh, now, now, James has got a, a little thing here. He's got um, this uh, this list. Now, this is bizarre. This is just, you know we did this the other night. These the most expensive iPod uh, or uh, rather iPhone, iPhone. Uh, cases, the iPhone accessories. You know, you know people have those accessories for their iPhones. We discovered that there was a, an iPhone uh, case that was over a hundred thousand dollars. Which I mean, and of course it had like diamonds, and there was a, there was some of it that had gold, and it was ridiculous. Like so, following up with that, and we've done this kind of a story before, but this is even more outrageous. Uh, he's found he's found the most. What are these? The five most expensive desserts. World's top five most expensive desserts. The top five... Okay, so the top five most expensive desserts. All right. Uh, coming in, we're starting off at number five, of course. Number five. Uh, <laughs> all right, that, that's a lot better. The Fortress Stilt Fisherman Indulgence stands in at, at $14,500. And Right off the bat, we're starting off right there. What the hell is that? <laughs> Oh, let's see. Um, it's a short arc. Right, let's see. Offered by the Wine 3 restaurant, the Fortress uh, Sri Lankan Luxury Hotel, this dessert is an Italian cassetta made with gold leaf and Irish cream. It's served with mango and pomegranate compote and a champagne savion enlightened and, most notably, a chocolate sculpture of a stilt fisherman sitting over an 80-carat aquamarine, which is a type of jewel. So and I believe that is, yeah. You have to go all the way to Sri Lanka to get yeah. this thing. And it basically, it's a it's a statue of chocolate in like a, a big old mess. Yeah, and, and they got this gold leaf cup, which has like chocolate in it as well and some mango and pomegranate. And of course, there's a, there's a big old aquamarine. All right. So yeah. that's fourteen thousand fourteen thousand five hundred dollars for that mess. <laughs> well, well, I'm sure the aquamarine is worth at least like ten thousand or. And something. you get to go to Sri Lanka and probably hit by a tsunami. All right, that's <laughs> good. All right, moving right along to fabulous number four. Number four. The fur Ozen that that's with two R's. Uh, H-A-U-T-E I'm not sure how you pronounce that uh, Chocolate Stands in at $25,000 Nice Frozen hi, hi, uh, I want to say hate But they're the U the, Like Haiti or Hottie. something <laughs> Hottie. Hottie Yeah that, that sounds about right Frozen hottie chocolate 
stands in at $25,000. And it, it looks ugly as hell. I mean, the other one at least looked nice. It, this one just looked weird. A joint venture between Serendipity... It almost looks like stupidity. Serendipity 3 and Jeweler Euphoria New York produced this dear dessert. A blend of 28 cocos, half of which are among the world's most expensive, infused with 5 grams of 23-carat gold. Nice. That's infused, as in you consume the gold. Wow. This Sunday is served in a little goblet lined with edible gold. There we go. And featuring a diamond and gold bracelet around the base. It's always good to eat stuff that's on that part of the periodic table. Because as we all know, that just comes right on out of you. Oh, wait. No, it doesn't. There, there's also a uh, brown truffle at the top, I believe. I like truffles. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to number three. Number three. 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 Uh, the literally entitled Platinum Cake then at one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Jesus! <laughs> oh, we're we're already at a hundred grand. It's only number three. Uh, created by a Japanese pastry chef Nobu Ikara, this white cake is decked with platinum necklaces, pins, pendants, and for good measure, edible platinum flakes. Mm-mm. Oh, gotta love that edible platinum. Um, yeah. This creator dedicating the cake to a number of famous Japanese women, including Rinko Kuchi, uh, Kukichi and Chi Kum- Kumazawa. So, His hope was to encourage more women to wear platinum jewelry. And it costs how much? A hundred grand? Uh, yeah, 130 grand, yeah. 130 grand. Of course, that's only about a tenth of the medical bills that will be caused from uh, acute platinum poisoning. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. You're gonna get you're gonna get metal AIDS, basically. Jesus. Oh no. You have you AIDS. Have AIDS. You have AIDS. I hate. All right. Go ahead. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, moving right along to number two. Um. Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> number Redo. two. Two. Something my mom would like, strawberries are not, stands in at $1.4 million. Wow. Uh, your iPods are not broken, people. $1.4 million for strawberries. I am horrified. Yeah, that's, <laughs> oh, all right, uh, let's read that. I am horrified. Yeah. Uh, available at Arnaud in the French court of New Orleans. So you got to swim underwater for this one and through a bit of oil. <laughs> <laughs> these fantastic <laughs> these fantastic strawberries were marinated in the finest port, which is you know a type of cooking. You know, not quite wine, but uh, they were served with mint cream. And another very special topping, a uh, 4.7 carat pink diamond ring, once uh, owned by an English financer, Sir Ernest Castle. The million-dollar strawberries were accompanied by a fine port poured from around $25,000 Charles X Crystal cave set. Wow. 
You know, I bet it tastes like crap, though. I mean, that's that's just going to be my guess is that you spend a million bucks for this thing, and I, I bet it... it and, and you only get five. I, I, I'm looking at the picture. They're showing it. You get a ring and five strawberries. Wow. That reminds me of a meal I had once at the Compass Room for prom. I, You know, I was I got gypped, okay? I mean, first of all, I took this chick to, to you know, prom, and not only... First of all, let's just let, let's lay it on the table. I mean... You're, you're old enough to know. Not only did I not get laid, but I had to spend like $100 on this meal, and I got four shrimp, for Christ's sake. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> they, they basically and I, and like I felt ripped off. I mean, they basically look like cherry cordal, and they probably taste about it except strawberry. You know, I mean, <sighs> mint cream, that sounds about right. Horrible. Uh, you know what, let, let's move on to number one, sticking uh, ourselves to the Number one. Number one. Uh, once again, uh, the t- title says it all. Diamond Fruitcake. Uh, can we get a nice little drum roll here, please? Uh, I wasn't expecting the drum roll. Yeah. There. Yeah. Hold on a minute. Uh, take, take the cue. There. <laughs> The diamond fruitcake stands then at $1.65 million. (laughs) Sold on Christmas 2005, this cake was also created by a Japanese pastry chef. Uh, The creating of the cake took six months of consultation, which is basically uh, six months of like sketching and thinking of it. And another month to produce it. It's decorated with 223 diamonds. The other ingredients, however, remain undisclosed. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so we don't even know. For, for all we know, this could be made of crap. Yeah, I mean, really, it could be a bag of flour. It could be a bunch of ingredients. The dude just bought at Walmart, for God's sake. Who knows? Wow. <laughs> $1.65 million for that. And boom goes the dynamite. Who's going to buy a fruitcake anyway? I, I, everybody makes this joke, but honestly, who buys fruitcake anymore? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like, it's a fruitcake. <laughs> oh, but well, with 223 diamonds, Mike. I just take the damn diamonds. Yeah, I mean, like, sell them over. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll sell them to Tom Shane. You can you can use them on his. Co- Hi, I'm Tom Shane. Someone was nice enough to sell me a bunch of diamonds, and I want to pass along the savings to you. Ah! Ugh. Wow. Yeah, those those diamonds. They sure do look tasty. Well, they are a girl's best friend. They'd. They, they're going to be your only friend if you spend a million bucks on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just infuse the gold and diamonds with the chocolate, you know? Oh, my God. Wow. I mean, some like, um, you know, like the frozen hate chocolate, it doesn't even look good. I mean, it, it looks like a mess. It looks like your basic chocolate sundae, and the, the strawberries are not. They, they look like cherry cordials. <laughs> they cost 25 cents at my local store, you know? Yeah, oh, um, that, that, it sounds awful. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 
I mean, like, I, I've always wondered what platinum tastes like, and I only have to spend up. Uh, well, uh, that's also wondering what mercury tastes like or silver. <laughs> You'll find out once, and then, it, see, that's the thing is uh, that stuff doesn't leave once it gets in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like, I, I've seen, like, edible gold flakes. I mean, th that's all, all over the place, man, when it comes to expensive foods. Wow. Wow. That's well, that's terrible. For the people who have too much money and Obama did improve their spending bill, you know? True. Or whatever. True. If you have too much money uh and and you just you're looking to spend it on something. You, you do you want to spend the money on jewelry? Do you want to have your cake and eat it too? <laughs> then buy the platinum cake. That's it only costs 100 grand. Yeah, it's a hundred thousand dollars for a for a platinum cake. And think about it, you you won't really after you eat it, you won't be around long enough to really care about the fact that you just spent a hundred thousand dollars on a piece of cake. For God's sake, well, again, well, I, did I, say I it, it's got to taste plate. like garbage. Especially the fruit cake. I mean, I I've never I had fruit cake once. It was it was served at my school. I mean, even for school food standards, it, it tasted like. I took like one bite. I wanted to throw up. Last, last I checked, uh, elements uh, seventy and above on the periodic table are not known for their flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do find oxygen very tasty. Well, but. yes, but that's listen. That's only number eight. I mean, oxygen. <laughs> oxygen's normal. Uh, you know, oxygen's fine. Uh, we we breathe that. Yeah. We're good. I'll. I'll I don't oxygen know, I for the lower class. I wouldn't drink liquid oxygen, mind you, but oxygen is a is a, it's a fine, tasty gas. It really is. Are you kidding me? Oxygen is for the damn lower class. I want a platinum cake. Damn it! Yeah. What was yeah. the matter? They couldn't get enough. Uh, they couldn't get any Einsteinium to put in there. <laughs> yeah, real. And, and, and. And throw on 230 diamonds and an 80-carat aquamarine, please. Yeah. And uh, if, you could, if you could throw in some Californium, uh, that, would be, uh, that would be appreciated. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Still, I, I think the strawberries are even worse. I mean, at least with the fruitcake, you get an entire cake. The strawberries, you get five strawberries and a ring, and that's it. The fruitcake, you at least get a damn cake. The Win Las yeah. Vegas presents Iron 56 Cake. <laughs> it's the most stable cake you'll find. Sorry, a little periodic table, a little, <laughs> little chemistry humor there. That's... <laughs> uh, no, no, that, that's fine. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I found that I, I thought I'd bring this up since we mentioned Sherry Shepard earlier. I couldn't find the actual clip, but I did find the bumper that we used to play with the clip contained in it. This is this was what we used to play. This was the um, the Sherry Shepard clip we were talking about earlier, where she she doesn't know if the world's flat or not. Question: Why does America do so poorly in math and science? Answer: Here's Sherry Shepard on the View. Is the world flat? Is the world flat? Yes. I don't know. I don't what know. What do you think? I, I never thought about it, Whoopi. <laughs> is the world flat? I never thought about it. You, you I, never I, thought about whether I've the never, world was no, because I, But I'll tell you what I've thought about, how I'm going to feed my child, well, yeah. how I'm going to take care of my family. The world is the world flat has never entered into, uh -huh. like, it, that has not been an what important thing to well, me. You'll teach your son, Jeffrey, right? If my right? son, Jeffrey, asked yeah, me if the world flat, more. I guess I will go. You know, and, didn't and, and Columbus and already work this question out? I mean, why are we doing this? Get more proof than...
you know, <laughs> that was just, I, I still to this day, I can't believe that she's still on that show. Yeah, I, I mean, who cares? I mean, you know, like hundreds and thousands of years of science. I mean, who cares if we know the world's flat or not? Ain't the world flat? You know, Whoopi, I don't know. I don't know if the world flat around. I don't know. Ah, it could, shut up, man. It could be the world could be a rhombus. It could be it could be a trapezoid. It, it could, could be, be a polygon. It could be an octagon. It could be a dodecahedron. I don't know, Whoopi. I don't know if the world ain't flat if it round. I don't care. All I care about how I raise my child. What if your child asks you uh, if the world is flat or not? Well, then I tell him, we don't have the full clip afterwards. She goes, she this, she actually says this. She goes, well, if he asks, if he asks me if that's what's going on, then I say we're going to go to the library. <laughs> uh, wait, she actually knows how to read? <laughs> this day, she doesn't know. Uh. She doesn't know if the world is round. She doesn't know if the world is round. I'm sure, like, after the show, one of those Flat Earth Society people got a hold of her and said, listen, uh, hey, don't, don't buy into it, man. Don't let them tell you that the world is round, man. The world is flat. It's Dude, a conspiracy it's, it's, well, to keep us from... Uh, you're, you're, aware of the, you're aware of the Flat Earth Society, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember you talked about it all the time when you weren't in exile. Yeah, uh, we used to mention. Yeah, we we did mention that a couple of times, and 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 and, and the but even it has the, like even some, the three hundred and fifty five members, right? Right. Even some of even most of the people in the flat Earth Society, I think most of them are just in there as a goof. But I know that there are people that go. They actually believe that the the universe, it's not it's not three dimensional in the way that we think it's three dimensional, and it's this whole. They have this whole concept of uh, of the world and and what it is, and it's just. Well, to be fair, I mean, if, if they're now, I'm not defending them, but as far as the universe goes, I mean, the universe could really be any size or shape, considering we don't know what's beyond the universe. There could be other universes, and for all we know, it could be like a blue on white grid, you know, outside of the universe, well, and it right. could be completely flat, you know? Well, well, right, but I guess I guess what my point here is that uh, People are stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we kind of know that the world is actually you know, round. It, it technically, technically, it's an oblate spheroid, but yeah, for all intents and purposes, it is round. Yeah. Uh... A circle, as it were. Well, it's not a circle. A circle is a two-dimensional object. Well, it's a sphere. Sorry. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's an oblate spheroid. I don't expect Sherry Shepard to know what either the word oblate or spheroid actually means. Hell, if she would have said it's a circle, uh, I would have kind of accepted that. Uh, but. You have to know that it's not just two-dimensional. Yeah. Anyway, to this day, you, that's you, still... You can't, you can't dig a hole about 500 feet and you'll pop out on the other side like a, you know, mole. And having whatever. heard that clip, maybe some people should have licenses to be on TV. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, well, no, no, Mike, as you said earlier, then what would you have to make fun of? Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, what... <laughs> Can you imagine if they had to give if they had to have a test if you had to have an IQ test to be on the radio if you had to have an IQ test to be on TV that eliminates uh, about everybody. Really, yeah, about ninety percent of the people on radio and TV would fail. Um, and, t- and believe me, radio and TV oh, would what be about comedians. Radio and I mean, TV, they, you know, IQ test too. Radio and TV would be far less entertaining. As yeah. for Listen, comedians in their own right are, uh, well, the good ones anyway, even the mediocre ones. They are geniuses in the sense that to write material that can hold an audience, it is a hard thing to do. You may not be the smartest guy in the world in terms of knowing whether or not, you may not know uh, what E E equals MC squared is. You may not know uh, force equals mass times acceleration, but you do know how to write a joke or how to write a series of, of things that, that, that's going to hold an audience's attention. And that's important. Yeah, I mean, when you figure people today, they, they have a lot of options. They could be doing more than you, and they chose you, and that's a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if the world am round or it flat. I don't... I don't know. About- All I know is that kittens are adorable, and I care about I, my child. I do know that if I went to the toy store, where's that other clip that we? If I go to the toy store and my son making noise, I know the white people is looking at me. She said. I she said that too. Wait, wait, hold on a minute. We we ha- I know we have that clip because I started to play. It, yeah, it. Uh, she she wouldn't beat up her kid because they were in a white kid store or whatever, right? Something like that. Here, here it is. Here it is. This weekend, and I took him to this very ritzy uh, little toy store, and he had a complete meltdown. Yeah. And he had a tamper, temper tantrum, and mm-hmm. it probably was because I didn't let him take his nap, but they had a sale going on. So mm-hmm. it was like, sale, nap. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he just, and I kept saying, Jeffrey, you know, we in this rich white folks store, calm down. Yeah. Because he was the only what child. You, t- you think it would have been any different in Toys R Us? No, well, but, but, but let me say, no, no, you okay, let me tell you something. In Toys R Us, everybody's screaming. When you go to a rich store, a rich store, Listen, wait, nobody I, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I happen to know Giggle, and it's, the, it's I, I live quite near it, and I'm telling you, you walk past there any day, you see little Asian babies screaming, you see black babies screaming, you see mothers going, stop it, stop it. And that's what you were doing. I was at Giggles, it was a little black boy screaming, and he was my child. There was no other yeah. child screaming. But do you think he would not have freaked out anywhere you took him because you didn't give he him his nap? He probably would have, okay. but, the, but the fact but of the matter was all the other kids. I kept going, the little the little Asian girl, so nice and quiet. Why you can't be quiet? And then he would let all his balloons He's go up. hate Asian women because of that. Why, 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 What is the point of the story? My point was, I was just, I was, it it was embarrassing because I didn't know what to do. He was having his mouth. I want to smack my child. Mixed race story. That is exactly right. And yeah, women watch this show. You got to love the trolls that just laugh. I mean, I had to be in that. They turn into a whole racial thing. The little Asian baby was being quiet. The little, the little white baby was being quiet. But my little black babies, yeah, I'm being all quiet. They smack them upside the head. I'm telling you what. I mean, I was like, this. women watch this show. They actually listen. watch the show. They listen to this gaggle of broads that talk all over each other.
No, no. And the, and they they do they, they talk all over each other. You can't understand a single what a single one of them is saying because they're all talking simultaneously. It's the most annoying, hideous thing on TV. And each one that Elizabeth Hasselbeck is 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 dumb. I don't know. I don't know who's the dumbest person on there. Barbara Walters is the only one with any kind of at Joy Behar. She's pretty you stupid know, too. But my, my dad watches that show, and every time it comes on, I it's like I can't stand out. Like Dad, why do you, why the hell do you watch this thing? So they have good opinions on these things, and I'm like, Dad, I know How do you, you can know? more than three brain cells together. You're my dad, after all. How do you know if they have good opinions? How do you know if they have good opinions? When I hear this clip, they're just talking all to each other. You, you walk past there any day. You see little Asian babies it's screaming. It's like you one, screaming. they you start talking go, and then... Stop it! 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 I just like, don't insult our show. I just I think to myself people are watching this. I, I like who cares what what a broad okay, let's break it down. We have we have one woman. We have uh, we have Elizabeth Hasselbeck. She was the, she was a chick on Survivor. Okay, so what does she know? Well, we know that she knows basically nothing. That every time she opens her mouth, a, a vapid bunch of words that are God knows if they're even at first grade level come out of there. And her opinion, she's like this conservative chick, but she's not even bright about it. And like everything she says is empty. That Joy Behar, she's the one. I didn't. I, I, oh man, I got to go back to the clip now of Joy Behar. But she's she's uh, talking about uh, 9-11 and conspiracies and who knows where she is. Then uh, yeah. Whoopi, Whoopi says that what Roman Polanski did was rape, but it wasn't rape-rape. So she's, she says rape-rape. <laughs> like rape, like statutory yeah. rape is different from date rape somehow. Like it's somehow different. Yeah, so, there's, there's, there's actually um, the joke in my school. Well, sort of, kind of. Whenever we bring up uh, like a difficult subject or something like that, we, we say like, remember, if she likes it, it isn't rape. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, no, then, and then another school joke. Sorry. And then you have you have Sherry Shepard who doesn't know if the world is round or flat. And then and then Barbara Walters is the only one there who's had like this long storied career of journalism and uh, and, and seems to have a good head on her shoulders. I think she's almost eighty years old now. And, and oh, she's the God. only one there with seemingly any anything kind of together upstairs. <laughs> yeah, she uh, Joy Behar. I'm being reminded. Joy Behar is the one that said that uh, she's talking about Tim Tebow and said that uh, that uh, it would have been. She was. She's like this. Uh, she's like, oh, it would have been okay to abort him. And because uh, who knows what, what he could have turned out. He could have turned out to be the Unabomber because everybody said, well, you know, he turned out to be this great guy and he's, he's a really, you know, he's a super kid and he was this great quarterback at Florida. And, you know, he's, he's this nice kid and just, just such a nice story. But then she said, oh, he could have turned out to be, you know, a terrorist or the Unabomber or whatever. Yeah. They're all, these are all nuts. All of these women.
and these and the middle aged housewife crowd, and, and I guess your dad. But generally, the middle aged <laughs> the middle aged housewife crowd just sits around and they they eat this crap up. They gobble this up. I mean, it's it's. Well, it's what they do all the time. They 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 sit around the table with their friends and they drink a cup and it's like, oh, did you hear about that thing? Oh, and my child, he was acting up in the toilet. The rest of my kid. Yeah. All I know, there was a little black baby going on in the giggle, and all I know was my child. Then <laughs> whoopie. In the ghetto. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I. It, yeah, I'm a buzzkill. I know. <laughs> no, I just I, to this. I mean, that show. I it just. I, I'm glad we don't have more. Hopefully, it'll be canceled along with Lost Twenty Four and Lost. Law and Order. Lost is done already. Lost, yeah, yeah. Both Lost and Law and Order already had their final episodes this last yeah, week. No. In fact, That's Twi- so did Twenty Four. The only one that you mentioned that that didn't is The View. I know, that's what I'm saying. Hopefully it'll be canceled right along with them soon. Well, they didn't get canceled. They. Well, well like, actually, you know what I mean. Yeah. God damn it, Mike. Stop ruining my <laughs> fantasies. Stop interjecting facts. Yeah. Who cares about things? Only Republicans care about those. Yeah, uh, facts. <laughs> the only person that should be interjecting Hell. facts on anything is, well, me. And I guess everybody else. I'm just the one that has to do it regularly because I guess people the are afraid of it. Bill in Mexico didn't even happen. No. Yeah. No, it's... Yeah. That, uh, that deep water horizon, that whole incident, that was just... That black water? Oh, that died. Oh, black it, water. Where's... <laughs> we, we had it for some color. We thought blue was getting really boring. Plus, we wanted to be very politically correct. Yeah, we, we certainly wouldn't want Sherry Shepard getting involved. Ah. Where's uh... But once the die just fall off the <laughs> earth, it's flat after all. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the oil, it'll just wash off the edge of the earth. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then we can just go and f- pick it up or... I don't know. There we yeah, go. Yeah, we can harness it with our with our giant net that we have below the earth. I'll tell you, we mention it, and it, it just suddenly shows up on the... Keep on rolling. Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on the... Black water, keep on rolling. Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining What a great song. Blackwater. There you go. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mike at KMGX.com. You know, we ought to just use that for the outro. Mike at KMGX.com is the email address. That'd be Mike at KMGX.com. Uh, Michael Graf Show, AOL Instant Messenger. And you know, just as a brief aside, our, pay- our PayPal address is, again, Mike at KMGX.com. Should you... They want to donate to this fine podcast and remember twenty dollars. Just uh, you know, throwing it out there. You know, yep. just, uh, yeah, just making it. a just making a suggestion. Just two guys, you know, doing it. We're just we're just uh, you know, working on that novel. Huh? Yeah. Uh, twenty dollars gets you a drawing, people. All right. Um, yes. Uh, thanks to James for um, <clears throat> participating in another fine edition of this program. 
I tell you about expensive shit you can't buy. <clears throat> yes, and uh, thanks to me, because without me, <laughs> Michael Groff in exile would, well, it'd be kind of weird. And, um, and uh, you know, that's it. Yeah. See you like Tuesday Yes, and we'll have a, uh, I think we're going to have a best of coming up on uh, Memorial Day. So stick around for that, too. Have a great one, everybody. MichaelGroff.com for all of your Michael Groff needs. Thank you. Good night. Sure. <laughs>